Rich, welcome to the show. We're going to do a tribute today. It's a tribute to a couple of guys who passed away that we uh, worked with and enjoyed, and, and uh, they, were, they were full of life. There was a father and a son. Uh, both uh, passed away separately, but in an untimely uh, manners. And they were very involved with uh, our Beckett Publications Company as well as the Nationals. So they were they were uh, known in the industry, but uh, certainly well known to us and appreciated by us for their quirks, for their excellence, and their contributions. It's Jerry Hirsch and Mike Hirsch. So, Rich, welcome to the show. And what? thanks for having me. And yes. Mike and I basically came to Beckett at the same time in 1990. He came a couple weeks after I did because I was originally supposed to be the hockey guy, and I was a little out of my depth doing hockey, but I could pick up football a lot faster. Mike was available, and we brought him down to do hockey, which was a godsend to me not having to learn all the hockey players you know, in one fell swoop. And you know, we, In 1990, I know it sounds like a foreign concept, but we didn't have the internet like we had today. You know, we didn't. We weren't able to watch a ton of hockey games here in Dallas, Texas. You had to have satellite TV. Even, you know, the cable didn't have a lot of hockey stuff down here. So it was much harder than it would have been, you know, in a lot of other parts in the country. Well, football was really easy to pick up. You know, you had the Sunday games, you had the Monday games, you had the occasional well, Thursday night games. You know, I basically, I felt like in a pinch I could do football because I'd been a lifelong football fan and collector from uh, even collected when I was a kid football not as much as baseball but hockey another story hockey had not uh, NHL hockey had not come to or at least the stars had not relocated to Dallas at that point and I needed I needed a hockey analyst and you you are extremely versatile rich but it it was uh ideal to get some guys that hockey was their first love right and, and uh, I found out about Mike from Jerry. I had known Jerry from the early days of the company. Not sure who connected me, but uh, he was up in the Philadelphia area. The Jerry Hill? Yeah, they were from Cherry Hill, yeah. New Jersey. I always used to see them at the Willow Grove show. They and Steve Friedman and somebody yeah. I don't remember, they would have like a, basically the way the room was set up at the George Washington Motor Lodge, which may have not, which may have not been the worst place on earth, but real close to it. <laughs> it was the pits. I know. There's a story where I heard that you went into the hotel room one night, one day for the first time, and your wife at the time saw this roach in the bathtub and says, we are leaving right now. I'm not staying past here. And that was one of the nicer rooms in the hotel. Do you mean a different room? No, I mean a different zip code. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that, and that was one of the nicer rooms, I'm sure, in the hotel. And that was just a terrible hotel. And, but the, the convention center was actually a good place for a show at the time. I suppose I knew Jerry from back in those days, but I didn't realize that he had a life with card collecting and uh, mainly football cards and was uh, one of the experts of, of selling a lot of the uh, vintage football cards by the by the card by the set but he was also a very talented commercial artist and had been i think to some degree self-taught and i met him for the first time we sat together and talked turkey talk business he was down here at the at the trademark where he one of his his side i don't know if it's a side gig or his main gig but he worked uh, setting up displays because he just had a great eye. Setting up displays for men's clothing in the in, in the trademark down there. That was his main gig. That's that's that main gig? that was his main gig. That's how he earned his money. He'd go to Vegas a few times a year and do that. He came down here. That was his gig. That's he was paid so much money for doing that 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 was his primary source of income. And this was probably in '84. It was very early. And I remember one time he brought his portfolio down and he had these great 
a lot of it was charcoal at that time or pencil. It was just black and white, but very interesting. They were, they were artistic and they were excellent representations, but they had a little bit of like a card-like element to it. And this is before most of the sketch cards and those things were around. And so I asked him, would he, as we were evolving the, the Beckett uh, baseball magazine and bringing in some more photos, people seemed to like the covers. And I think we put Jerry on the inside cover for quite a while because the nature of printing, you can do color and if you do black and white on one side, so the black and white was on the inside cover with, with other stuff. And it, it just, we got a lot. And people would, would cut them out or frame them or get them autographed. And, and uh, again, that was my first connection. And then, of course, I saw him a lot at the National. And I remember Mike and not Etta, his, I mean, Jerry and not Etta, his wife, Mike's mom, uh, I'd see him at the National. But at, one, at some point, they said, you need to hire our son, Michael. He is very into it and very intense, which is was certainly true. And he was probably early 20s then? He was early 20s. I think he was 22 when he came down yeah. here. He might have even been a little And he also than had very, he was very talented artistically as well. I, Jerry it, always said he had more talent than, well, than, and I think Jerry was right because Mike went to school a little bit for art. He, he had the same eye for design that his father had, but he also had even more talent on, on a lot of that stuff. He he worked in the corporate well, world. He later applied it to the Ralph Lauren or Polo or some. He had some different uh, uh, gigs with with the, the clothing designers, right. I think. And, and you know, when we lost Mike, he was actually had just accepted a job at J.C. Penney, yeah. and he was going to be coming down here frequently, which would have been great. Would have been great. And it was kind of sad because we saw him a couple weeks before he passed. And I wrote about this at my, for my column at the time for Rich Muller's Sports Collectors Daily, where, you know, we were like a band of brothers just having dinner, going yeah. through the old memories. And, you know. Well, it was lunch or dinner or something, and I couldn't go. And I felt really bad about it. I didn't know that would be my last opportunity to see him. But we, the, the, the guys would get together occasionally, and, and uh, I, I came, I guess, when I was invited <laughs> most of the time. But I couldn't make that one for some reason. And that would have been my last opportunity. Right. And I was, and I basically dropped everything. You know, I, I told yeah. my wife that day, I said, Dina, by the way, uh, so-and-so's in town. I'm going to dinner. Okay. You know, it was like, no, this, and I didn't realize at the time it would be my last opportunity to see him either. And Mike was really an interesting person. We used to joke when he was working at Beckett about the 99 cent menu at Wendy's. And maybe two or three years after he left the company, he says, I finally did it. And I was saying, what? He says, I finally went through and I had the 90, I ate everything on the 99 cent <laughs> menu at Wendy's in one meal. That was Mike. He wanted to show that he pretty, could that he, he could do a, it. Had a pretty big macho streak. And, he did. Uh, you know, he was the guy that here we are in Dallas, Texas, which means it's hot in the summer, but it doesn't mean it's warm in the winter, and it can occasionally be cold. But he he'd show up in a t-shirt, you know, and drive up in his car, get out of the car from the parking lot, and just not briskly walk, but just saunter into the office at whatever time he was supposed to be there with no jacket right. because he was, he, was a, he was a tough guy. Well, when I was young like that, I could probably get by without wearing a jacket. Now I need a coat. <laughs> now I need a coat in the middle of winter. Thank you very much. Double coat. But he was a, a very intense guy in a way that uh, I thought brought energy to some of the other guys on the team. When we, when we were filling the hockey, uh, populating our hockey magazine and really wanted to have a strong team, which we did, but we had three or four guys. There were, most of the other sports were handled mainly by one person, and the hockey was a little bit more by committee. And Mike was a force. He was a force. He had uh, he had uh, strong opinions, and he and he backed them up. 
Well, the thing was, hockey was small enough at the time where, you, you know, even though it was by committee, he could be the lead voice because he knew more than the rest of us. He followed more. And until we got more hockey help with the cards and Al Muir, he was really the voice we had to listen to because he actually would pay more attention to the sport. We could know the general overall, okay, we better make sure we get the key stuff right, but he could say the second level stuff, which is just as important, right. he would get that. Which was tougher in those days because you didn't, uh, there weren't all these ways to get pricing information in, in, in such volume now. You really had to dig it out, and you had to get with sources that could be verifiable or at least trusted on some level. And he was a he was a, a straight shooter in that regard. So and, we were and, really delighted to have him on our team. And then he he left for I think okay reasons. We 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 generally we didn't think people were necessarily supposed to stay at our company forever. Uh, but when when it was time for him to uh, move on into a different career, he did so with our blessing. And then I'd see him at the nationals and and. Uh, and, as well as his parents. And, and he and Jerry and Edda were an integral part of the National coming up. You know, and, you know, Red Smith once wrote a book called To Absent Friends, which was a, con, a comp, compendium, or whatever, I can't pronounce that word, but it was a assortment of his columns he a wrote. Compendium? As, a compendium, thank you. Yeah. Compendium of, of columns he wrote as tributes to people who were no longer with us. And, you know, when, you know and every year there's somebody at the National that's now an absent friend, and yeah, this year absolutely. Jerry's going to be one of them. Yeah. And, you know, for 20-plus years... You could count, since Edda was the head of the national, and is the head of the national dealers group or whatever we call the board, is that they would have tables in the middle of the floor and you could visit with Edda, and I'd visit with Edda and with Jerry and with Mike, and we'd spend some time behind the table, and we could talk, and we could talk about the old days, we could talk about the new days, and it was kind of fun. Well, there was a genuine friendship there. I mean, I knew yeah. the family, they knew my family, they they just took an interest, and, and you know, again, just the fact that I had some history with with uh, with Mike in a, in a in a in a really positive way was uh, just it's always right. a delight to connect them even if it's only once a year it, it still was a was a great stop as you're at the national convention which is pretty overwhelming. I always felt good when I saw their table because I know okay I'm a midway through the, the show and I'm at a place where I can if I have to stop and take a rest or if I want to stop and they have a soda or some snacks for me that be well well and good you know and anybody who knows me knows that the only thing that may be more important than cards is food. <laughs> I'm a foodie myself, Rich, but the, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be, uh, unusual this year, not to, not to see Jerry and, uh, but I hope to warmly greet Etta in her, just as a friend, but also in her capacity. She's done a lot of, uh, service to the, to the national. Yeah, they've done, they've done really good work. The national, they've, they work very well with John and with Berkus and they do a really good job keeping the national working for the dealers. So there's a lot to be said for what they've done over the years. You know, Rich, you mentioned that after Mike's untimely passing, that was where I, we, we had a chance to see him at a, at a, at a, at a dinner that I, that I couldn't make, that, I, that that was a big part of the impetus for me starting what I've done now for a number of years of having a, an annual hobby dinner here in, in my office with uh, some hobby friends to catch up just a, a once a year touch point. In fact, it's evolved to where there are two dinners. One is for vintage collector slash dealer people in that end of the industry and then more mob. Okay. So yeah, these hobby dinners are a lot of fun. And I noticed even, you know, this year it was, you know, very interesting. I heard a lot of positive comments about it. And what you did this year was that traditionally you had done them for two straight weeks and people from, and then you have some people who, that you like in the hobby who like to come in from out of town. So what you did was you said, okay, I'll do Monday and Tuesday night. And this way the out-of-towners can come one or both nights if they so wish. 
which was very encouraging. We had a, we had a great attendance of some really great, again, almost, it is all guys, but my wife appreciates that, that I'm having dinner with, with, with all guys. But they were um, supportive when I brought up the issue of, at some point, doing a podcast. And so many of those have uh, agreed to be sponsors and to be interviewed, and I'm looking forward to doing that. But again, uh, thanks to, 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 to the positive memory of Mike Hirsch that it's, it's, it's better to meet with people, with friends while you can than, than uh, sometimes wait until it's too late. So. A- absolutely. The best part to me of going to the Nationals, continuing to build and make new relationships with people that, I've already kn- that I either know or have, or have gotten to meet in the last couple of years. Well, we're both looking forward to to going. I've been every year to the national. You've been. I've been to more than thirty. More, I lost yeah. count, but it's been it's probably about thirty five or thirty. It's probably about thirty five at this point. And your origin story for our friendship is that it started at the national. That's. I think it's. I know you're that, right. but it, I, I like the I like my apocryphal story better. <laughs> I say it's on a softball field in Parsippany, New yeah. Jersey. Well, which was another aspect of the national that's that's not. Uh, it's you know, too much buying and selling now and no time for uh, we, fresh air. We can't bring back those times. We always want to. But that's one of the things we can talk about at one point. The National, there were seminars. There was softball. There was trivia. There were all sorts of, there was card flipping. There was all sorts of things that were part of the very early days of the hobby that would be nice to bring back, but you really can't at this point. But it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean it's bad. That'll be a discussion for another day. In the meantime, we're, uh, we, we, we miss uh, Mike and Jerry Hirsch, and uh, this is just our uh, attempt to uh, give a, a tribute to them, our lives uh, well-lived, but, uh, but we lost them both too short. So Absolutely right. Well, thanks so for be, having me. Be, uh, be explicitly affirming to your friends while you can, and, uh, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. We've got great sponsors for this show. Very uh, pleased that a lot of the outstanding companies in our industry have uh, chosen to uh, be a sponsor, and I want to give them a plug as they've uh, decided to try to reach this audience that would give them a chance to grow their businesses or strengthen their businesses, and they're already strong anyway. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading Services, Beckett Authentication, Burbank, my friend Rob Veras, ComC, my friend Tim Getch, Heritage Auctions, my friend Chris Ivey, Huggins and Scott Auctions, my friend Bill Huggins, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, my friend Mike Fruitman, Panini, my friend Tracy Hackler, Tops, my friend Clay Lorasky, Upper Deck, my friend Grant Sandground. All of them quality companies and quality guys. Very pleased to be associated with them. I hope you'll give them consideration when you're looking for a company to do business with in this industry.